it's been it's been so long he's been planning all new dance moves <laughs> when i don't sleep at night that's all i think about what can i do okay the spear what, fingers that's what, what, what gets you through the night what do i do with my hands <laughs> i'm not sure what to do with my hands still in the back in the new studio with the same old andy <laughs> same old andy and absent andy always absent <laughs> even except when for, he's here except for today <laughs> no even when he's here he's absent He's he's on he's in his own little plane. Somebody right? wipe the drool off. <laughs> yeah, hey, just like start. last episode, I I defended you. Hey, hey, I watched it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It was good. I laughed really hard at something you said. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I watched it. <laughs> and congrats to to your brother for that one. That was cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, dude, that was awesome. It was so cold, man. So you know cold. What? Let's backtrack. Why don't you? We, we'll start with that. Tell us why you were absent last week. Yeah. So um, my brother uh, decided to rededicate his life to Christ, and he reached out to me sometime around Christmas, like, "Hey, man, I want you to you and Dad to baptize me." I'm like, "Freaking right, man! Let's do this thing." Um, he's been on this journey for the last year or so. Had a pretty substantial emotional event in his life that took place, and it's caused him to do some soul searching and he kind of went through the stoics and philosophies and all that jazz and as as he and i've been walking i'm like dude you know life is about god everything points to christ and all of it started to connect for him and he's like dude i want to get i want to get baptized again and he's like let's do it in the old swimming hole from where we grew up and it was awesome man that's even cool there is something about a water baptism like a creek or a river baptism Oh yeah, especially one that means something. Yeah. Oh yeah, where they used to. Well, Dad used to take us and throw us, and then there's a rock shelf that you can jump off of. I mean, it was like going back home, and the one of the ladies that was there was from the church we grew up in, and it was like, man, this is this is our family. This was our extended family brought together. It was just such a cool experience. How cold was that water? Uh, so the Ohio River gauge said 40 degrees. I'm guessing because the creek was smaller, it had to be less than 40 degrees. Sure, it looked cold. Oh yeah, my knees were purple. <laughs> purple, purple. purple. So he's back on the the straight and narrow. Do we know how? F- not that it matters now that he's back, but so he went several years away from. I wouldn't say he went away, but it's more that he now sees that Christ is the foundation of all things. Whereas before, he had an altruistic worldview, like always trying to do good for people, and it's like the association between. God being God mm-hmm. has now been like, oh, wait, this is our reason for life. Yeah. So his motivation is now being stirred and provoked by the spirit rather than I just want to be a good person. Mm-hmm. And man, it, it's setting him on fire. It, it's just awesome to see how filled he is with the spirit at this point and how he's throwing scripture at me on a daily basis. And it's like, dude, this is this is so encouraging. That is cool. It's awesome, man. I, I love it. Not that doing good deeds is not a good thing by itself. Right. It's, but when we recognize that we are doing good because he is good. Mm-hmm. We're doing good in his name. In his name. Because mm-hmm. no, one, no one is good besides Jesus. It's just cool because now he's impacting his, his community. And instead of it being through his actions, that's just, hey, I'm doing good things. Now he's bringing it back to Christ. Yeah. And... Th- the impact that that's having, man, I mean, that's the kingdom. That is what we do. We plant seeds. It's mm-hmm. what we're doing in this podcast, planting seeds that in time will bear fruit. Amen. Um, it always, uh, stories like that always remind me of that in my college years when I was not actively seeking that relationship. And the 
they narrows the way to to the Lord and broads the way to to Satan. How he can throw up stumbling blocks and pitfalls to encourage you to keep going down that road, and before you know it, you're so far down the road. We're doing things and acting in ways we never thought we would, but God, right? When oh, yeah. He has a plan on your on your life, He doesn't re- rebuke. He doesn't. Re- rebuke that plan he still has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us and um in order to combat the enemy we have to know how the enemy attacks and and i i I don't want this to sound like i'm giving him credit but the enemy is very 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 good at what he does and um well he convinced a third of the angels to uh to go with him yeah and Mm -hmm. and that that a third of the angels and him could overthrow two-thirds of the other angels and the all-powerful God, so yeah, so he's he, sneaky. He, yeah, <laughs> so I'm I'm reading the Silmarillion, whatever it's J.R. Tolkien's precursor, and the way that that book is written, it sets up this almost philosophical worldview before that world was created, and it follows that same type of pattern. Like, hey, this was all created in goodness, and then one part foul party started playing games, and the way that that transition it mirrors very much the Christian story that we have. Like there was a person or a being that was created for good, and then that selfish desire created the darkness and evil that under that is an undertone for the entire world. And it's just, it's incredible to see the myth that's attached with the story and the way they're painting that story. It's it's been an interesting read, difficult read, but interesting. Yeah. It um, the good news is we know the outcome, we know the end, um, we know that, that God is sovereign. We know Satan will be bound. He he will pay for for his actions, um, but it, he can take a lot of people down with him if we're not aware and if we're not studied up and we don't have the word in, in our heart. Because we, I mean, go back to Jesus on the on the mountain. He was tempted with truth. Mm-hmm. It was askew, it's right? Half truth, deception, yeah. man. Yeah, just enough to to get you if you're not you're not studied up on it. And that's what the problem is with the world today. A lot of people are getting a lot of half-truths and saying that that's the Bible. Well, they're not wrong when they quote half a scripture, mm-hmm. but they're taking it all out of context. And so based on some of the of the feedback we're getting on some of our videos, you know, it's, it's a lot of people are deceived. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing we all have in common, believers and unbelievers. Satan is is real. God is real, and Satan is the father of all lies, and he wants to cause deception. Well, we defer back to the authority that we have, the written word of God, and that is what gives us a foundation to stand on. Mm -hmm. The Bible is truth, and anything that detracts from that is not. Absolutely. And Revelation talks about, in the end, that those who tried to crucify Jesus are going to be wailing and gnashing of teeth when they see the return of a man coming because whether you believe it or not, it's happening. Yeah, it's going to happen. But so uh, I, th- I keep thinking back because it's it's kind of like I'm reliving some of those attacks that I believed in for a while, and I'm like, it was interesting that fine line of how what you when you're not in that relationship and you're not following the ways of the Lord, how small little steps start taking you away. And then you can justify, you start justifying it and you're like, well, it's not that bad. I mean, it's, I'm I'm still doing good, but am I doing it? Like we talked about earlier in the name of the G in G uh, in the name of Jesus, or are we just doing it because it's a good thing to do? 
It's two completely different things, and it's two completely different outcomes. One builds the kingdom of God, and the other one builds the kingdom of Satan. So what kingdom are you going to work for? And I got to a point that I would stop choosing. I'm like, I, I, I didn't make a decision, which is in itself making a decision. Right. You can't always sit on the sidelines and just let things go by because you've chosen. And it, um, what was it? Where were we reading that at? It was in Second Corinthians 11. It says, even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is not strange if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Look at all the movements out there that love is love. And in take God out of the equation for a moment, that sounds beautiful, right? People, that is love is love. That's a great thing that people have the close relationships with someone else. Mm -hmm. But is it going against the laws of God? That's where we got to start uh, diving into that. Well, again, though, that goes back to the half truth. Yeah. Because they say God is love. God is love. That's 100% God is love. God loves the sinner. And I even heard recently on a different podcast how people are always saying, yeah, but look what Jesus did for the prostitute. You know, he saved her, picked her up and said, nobody stone her, blah, 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 blah. He did. But what was the last thing he said to her? Go and sin, Go no, more. And sin no more. So he, Jesus does love. Jesus will save and not look at us with condemnation. But he will say, repent and turn from your ways. But Go it's, based, sin no more. it's based off of, again, going back to that standard. God established a standard for what is. We are his creation. Who are we, the vessel the clay pot to look at the creator and say, no, this is what you made me for. We don't have that right. Being the creation, we are subservient to the laws and the controls of God that he put in place. We don't have the ability to come out and say, no, I'm going to do things my own way. No, we were created by him mm -hmm. for a purpose. And we can, because of the free will that we've been given, and the theology behind that's really interesting, but because of the free will we've been given, we have the ability to choose to abide by those rules or not. Mm -hmm. It's so, as we go through that process of following the law, well, actually, it's not even the law, living through the Spirit, um, the way that we live our lives is going to change. <laughs> kind of losing my train of thought there. I'm, I'm following you. All right. I, maybe it's just because I understand you. Oh, Josh. <laughs> um, it's... I'm trying to think when when you were in Afghanistan I'm gonna because you there's I don't even think we've heard a tenth of what you what you've went through in there um, it seems like when you went you were kind of isolated <clears throat> from things back home and that seems like once you get isolated there's this mental aspect that you're kind of trapped in does that make sense oh yeah um did you ever notice it? Obviously, you noticed it, but did you ever notice it creeping up on you? Or is it as soon as you go over there, you're kind of, oh, no, I'm alone. And So this the last I've had three tours, and the last one was the hardest because I was also going through the divorce. And not only was I going through the divorce, but basically not only was my wife at the time, she left me, but she also cut me off from the kids. And I had nobody. I had, I had nothing. And the interesting thing from that deployment is usually you deploy with the group that you're stateside with. Mm -hmm. You go over as a team and you do what you got to do as a team. Well, even in that role, I went over with the team and I was pulled away to lead a different group. So I was pulled away from not only the unit I deployed with, but I was segregated in a different spot and I was with nobody that I knew. 
and I was over a team of like a hundred and some. So there's no, no stability. The, I had nobody. It was me. I worked in an office while I was there. I was managing a group of people flying drones. Um, I worked in an office alone <coughs> that was away from the from where everybody was doing operations. I had a room by myself, so I had nothing but time on my own, and to have no support back home, mm-hmm. and to have just me and my thoughts all day long. It was a dark place, man. But praise God for the Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. His Word that fed me through that time period. It's it was what gave me the substance I needed to say, okay, I'm all right. This is not the end. This is a blip on the map in time. I'm gonna make it through this. And it allowed me, honestly, man. I, I focused a lot. I pulled out a guitar. I started doing praise and worship. I started leading praise and worship at the chapel that was there. Mm-hmm. That became my community. So like. What gave me a foundation in those days when I had nothing was the reality that truly God will never leave or forsake us. It's and amazing. What, and what you said there, you're alone with your with your own thoughts. And that's one of the tactics of the devil. Yep. Is he's a liar. He's the father of all lies. And so what he does to our minds is that condemnation and those lies, all that falsehood, that doesn't come from God. That's that's the enemy trying to speak into us saying we're insignificant because of what's going on in your life you're you're alone and because look at you 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 literally are alone physically but we know the truth that the holy spirit is with us always and that's you know the devil's going to sit there and lie every word out of his mouth is is a lie one of the one of the big ways that um satan attacks us is by getting us alone Mm -hmm. and if you look at um yeah you look at covid (laughs) um but you look at elijah Dang, I forgot my mask. Uh, Elijah just, if, if you look back at his story, he uh, defeated, what, 400 prophets of, the, of Baal Mm-mm. by calling fire down and got it to rain, and he outran the, the king's Chariot. chariots yeah. by running um, and and um, went directly to and, and, and approached the king, but yet it was the uh jezebel's i'm gonna kill you and he goes off by himself and then he starts asking god to kill him and that was the one thing he was afraid of but it it got him alone away from the fellowship of Mm -hmm. the other prophets he felt like he was the only one left um and that's the reason why god rose up elijah was to to give him another prophet to be with isn't that amazing so you go from out, out running a chariot you, he caused pretty much caused a nuclear attack from heaven down on the wood to set it aflame, defeats a false god, gets a death threat, and then goes out into the woods and becomes suicidal. Like it starts having suicidal thoughts. So he's up on the mountain, and then within days he's down in the valley. Like just that narrative that mm-hmm. if it can happen to Elijah, it's it can happen well, to you. Well, well, you take it even a step further with like the temptation, the the wilderness that Jesus went into for 40 days. And one of the temptations was Satan had Jesus on top of the Temple Mount mm-hmm. and told him to basically commit suicide. But that was towards the end of the 40 days that he was, he was in the, in the woods by himself. So yep. you get alone, you get isolated. That's when the Satan, that's when Satan really begins to attack. And with, because, with, with half truth, with half truth, still a lie. And he's using the word of God 
against you. And that's what we see today. Were you going to say something real quick? Yeah, so let's let's look at these couple of examples as case studies for what that looks like. We can use the example that I had in Afghanistan when I was alone and the thoughts that were coming to my mind. Like I was envisioning, our minds are powerful things. Mm-hmm. Like we can, you can close your eyes right now and think about being on the beach and you literally transport to the beach. It's incredible the power of our minds. So here I was in Afghanistan and I'm thinking about my kids and I was thinking about what my ex was doing and I had some stuff on the periphery and I created all these images and visions in my mind of like, this is what's going on. But in reality, it wasn't. I realized that, man, I need to focus on what's here in front of me. And like these four walls are the only thing that's real. If you envision what's outside those windows or anything that we can't see, it, it might be close to reality, but it's not going to actually be reality. So I had to figure out how to be present. And the only way to be present was to realize what was around me and then dig into the only thing I knew that was foundational which was the word of God. So I was meditating consistently. We've talked about this before on scripture, meditating on the promises of God through Psalms as a means to get me hope. I was, uh, I resonated uh, Jeremiah 1, 5, and it's like, I know the plans I have for you, the plans for good, not for evil. I knew you when you were knitted in your womb. I think that's Jeremiah 1, 5. I got it pulled up somewhere. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, that one scripture set the foundation for me being, okay, cool. This is just a phase. Now, in the same token, let's look at the Elijah story. Here he was. He's standing on the mountain, literally working for the Lord, and he walks away, and his fear allows him to create this narrative in his mind that he's like, he forgot the thing that God did, which is what we do whenever we're distressed, right. and now I'm praying for death. In my own case, I prayed for mortar rounds to drop on my head every day because I didn't want to face it. It would be easier for me to not be in this life than to face what I was facing. Mm. But because of my faith in God, you know, that gave me the motivation to continue moving forward. And to connect that to the Elijah story, we go from a high to a low. And the only thing that's going to get us through this is the unmovable foundation of the word of God. Mm-hmm. Well, and just to clarify so that we're accurate. Uh, Jeremiah 1 5 is I chose you before I formed you in the womb I set you apart before you were born I appointed you a prophet to the nations I think the one you're referring to is 29 Jeremiah and 29. 11 mm-hmm. for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not harm and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future yeah so in context too I had to keep reminding myself that this was in context for Jeremiah but God's perspective of Jeremiah and the way that the scripture is written we're all created in that same way. Mm-hmm. So I had to remind myself that these, maybe they don't apply directly to me, but that's the heart of the Father. And the heart of the Father desires these things for us. And I had to remember, I've been created in the image of God, and I'm a child of God adopted. And that gives me the ability to stand on this foundation. Well, the, the truth is that not only does Satan lie to believers and try to get us to think the way that when we're alone, those kind of, I mean, he, he attacked Jesus, the, the Son of word, God. The I Am. The, the, right. The, and the so, one who was there before Lucifer was created himself. Right. So he attacked him. He, t- he attacks believers, but one, another tactic is he attacks unbelievers with their minds. To keep them further down. To keep them further down. So Second Corinthians 4, 4 says, The God, lowercase g, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. So not only does he speak lies, and what's false, he also hides what's true. Mm-hmm. And how how much are we seeing that today? 
I mean, comments. So yeah. that kind of reminded me of the the, <laughs> the plethora of amazing content yesterday from those comments. Is he will allow us because he is the god of this world. He will let you see facts, and he will let you see proof, and he will let you see just enough for it to be plausible. Right. But that that piece that he's he's hiding from you is enough to tw- to twist your perspective into complete falsehood. And if you base that belief, whatever it may be, and you you come up with a theory after the fact, everything everything is adulterated. Everything from that that perspective on is wrong because you're not seeing the full picture that we can only get when we get heavenly revelation from the Holy Spirit. Go back to Eve, Adam and Eve in the garden. If you eat from this tree, or you eat, you eat from the fruit of this tree, then you'll be like God. You'll see like God. You understand things like God. Okay. Have truth, man. Have truth. Yes, you will know death now. You will have a more a, a further understanding of how this works. Uh, but now you're going to die, and now it's going to there's going to be a curse upon the land, and it's it's you're not going to have what God envisioned for you to have. So context, we put a short out there, and we don't have a ton of traffic right now, but there were 5,000 views and 67 comments uh, on the topic of evolution. 70, okay, so it keeps changing. Um, But on the topic of evolution, I think it's from either episode 4 or 22. Um, But the way the comments are going back and forth, it's just interesting to see the polarization of ideas. One, holding up this concept of evolution that has become fact over time versus the intangible reality or the very tangible reality that God is and God created and people don't believe that God is anymore. Yeah. That's, that's the problem with people used to believe and know that God is, that was a factual statement. Now the idea of God is just that to some it's, he is an idea. Like we don't want to subjugate ourselves to his authority and creation. It's interesting that the truth is always found in this book. And this book has been the number one bestseller for how long? And, <laughs> and it's been most a, stolen. And, 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 and the that? most stolen. And most stolen. And it's been around for how long? Yeah. Much longer than any theory, right? And so everybody wants to discount this. It's been around forever, basically. Well, God has been around forever, but the tangible God, Word of God has been around a lot longer. I mean, it, you're right, though. The polarization, it's amazing. It goes back to our last point. It's he, The devil wants to blind believers, but wants to keep blind Unbelievers, yeah, for the for this reason because he wants dissension, he wants separation, you know. And how separate? So when we look broke down the, the the stats on this, just to keep talking about the polarization of it, at one point it was almost fifty fifty yeah. of likes, the likes and dislikes. Versus dislikes and, yeah. and it's a little bit further apart now, but I it, the more people look at it, I bet you it gets closer back to fifty fifty. Mm-hmm. And it, the thing that was encouraging about it is I'm. I'm all about a conversation, a respectful conversation. Um, yeah, I was going to say that. People, this is America. You you can believe whatever you want to believe. Right. You can do whatever you want to do, but there is a price to pay for it eventually. Well, I thought you were going to go with along with we respect those conversations because you can yes keep it keep it clean, keep it cordial, you know, have conversations. That's what it's all about. And and again, in the world we live in, that division, they want someone to get all mad and they want to get someone to have fighting words. Yeah. So I applaud. Even the ones we disagree with, for keeping it somewhat kosher, 
Yeah. You know, not to, not to get too. Hey, this is America. There's a right to free speech. The idea of discussion. Right. We still believe in America yeah. and the Constitution. So I'm going to say something controversial here, man. Oh, the no. idea that we don't talk <laughs> about politics or religion or what are the three rules that we don't talk about when you're hanging out with your buddies? You don't talk about politics or religion. That. I was going to say, like, how often do you uh, listen to this podcast? Every day. (laughs) Well, yeah, we do. But that's my point. Our parents' generation, there's the things you don't talk about when you're hanging out with your buddies, politics and religion or something. That's how we got in this Mm -hmm. position as a country. We stopped talking about the things that matter. We stopped caring about them. And now here we are, and we're so polarized, and nobody even cares. Like, now I'm in my camp, you're in your camp. And let's just start throwing darts at each other. There's well, no opportunity to that collaborate. Leads, that leads so, me to my next point. Social media doesn't really help that out any. No, you're you're 100 <laughs> right. That <laughs> too, mu- too much information. <laughs> well, yeah, too, mu- <laughs> too much information being pumped out with zero fact checking, and so that's why we really make it a point to have scriptural backup yep. when we talk, and meet behind our topics. That way, we can't be. Yep. seen as someone just we won't approach a topic if we don't have the scriptural right. evidence to back it up it's super and, easy and that we're comfortable enough to be able to do for it. these people to hide in their mom's basements <laughs> I'm, I'm dead serious it's when super easy yeah it's super easy for them to hide out in their mom's basement and say all this super mean stuff oh yeah you're, you're right about that and south park just comes to mind when you start talking about that so yeah so even but with they social, wouldn't say it to our faces but social media doesn't have to be a dividing factor but we're going back to how satan one of those as the greatest country in the world how satan has divided of us because yes we have an opinion and but we we take the cordialness out of it because we, we we put ourselves in camps and our thoughts become our identity and our political views become oh that's who we are and when you do that it's you're intentionally almost setting yourself in a different camp which becomes combative and be- causes anger and causes mm-hmm. strife. Um, that's how it's how he works. That's how he's always worked, and he's and he's he's good at it. Which brings me to my next point. You talked about how people used to talk about this stuff and could could have these conversations. Well, even within the church, Satan is trying to divide mm-hmm. the church. So he's masking around, masquerading around in costumes of light of righteousness. So he's, we've got a lot of preachers nowadays that are on, from the pulpit saying mm. have truths, bending the truth, adding on to the truth. Second Corinthians 11, 13, 11, 13 through 15 says that uh, there's people posing as apostles who are not and preachers who are not preaching the, the, the right word of God, the truth. And so here we are. Not only are we, it used to be you either believed in God or you don't, but now mm-hmm. there's a, I don't believe in God. And then there's Christians that say, I don't believe that the Bible says that. And then there's Christian well, Christians that say the Bible is truth. Well, some of what has, has brought that in is we were talking about it before we started recording. Um, so in Mark three twenty seven, it talks about um, that no man can enter a strong man's home and spoil his goods, except he first bind and bind the strong man and then he would spoil his home. So the the strong man here can actually represent two things. It, in the New Testament con- context of, of the Greek culture, the, the Roman culture, it, it, it would represent the husband being the, the protector of the home. But in a church setting, it would also mean the pastor who is over that, that, that flock of people. The goods, the goods can mean anything from tangible goods, water, electronics, all this stuff, but it's, it's also vessels. 
which if you're looking at it from a from a home context, it's your wife, your kids. If you're looking at it from a church, it is the uh, the members, the part of that body, would be the vessels. So when a, when a strong when a strong man gets bound, that bound that being bound can be stealing of joy, mm-hmm. um, destruction of faith, um, isolation, different different attacks that can bind an individual, and and really take away. Um, their ability to connect with God or feel like that they're connecting with God. And and ultimately the enemy is able to come in at that point. And that's how the churches started kind of crippling, falling apart really in the latter part of the 20th century and now into the 21st century is the, the, the leaders of the church, just as the leaders of the home, started falling into deception, started falling to, in, into unbelief. And the enemy was able to get into their families and get into the, the body of the body of the church, so just from the, those weaknesses. What we're talking about here, is, in effect, is spiritual warfare, and we're exploring some of the tactics of the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared shared a, an author with me, Frank Peretti, several years back, and read a book, "This Present Darkness," and it talks about the methodology. I love that book. I've not read it. It was a doorstop for you because it's so it was, thick. It was really, it was really good. I, I think you made it what half, halfway through the first chapter. Yeah, you got further in the Hobbit than that book, didn't you? I'm still working on it. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's a great book. It's hard to read, but it breaks down spiritual warfare and it the the symbolism that it is used in the book is hey yeah we're going to church in one chapter it's just we're all at church and we're talking about a specific specific matter in the next chapter you see that same scene from the spiritual side mm-hmm. where there are angels and demons in the same room in the same church and certain people are infected by a specific demon or some mm-hmm. type of presence and that demon is pitting war against the angels and it is this it's like a cold war and the way that these things are moving it's this massive mechanism and we are all pawns in the game and we're being influenced. There's this idea that we have two wolves inside of us. You've got the angry one and the good one. Which one do you feed? Because the one you feed is going to be the one that takes over. Right. So here we are talking about the tactics that, that are used, and the manifestation mm-hmm. of that is highlighted in uh, Frank Peretti's This Present Darkness for anybody who's interested in spiritual warfare. But it talks about how exactly what Jared was saying, how it could manifest itself, how we're all working together and you just never really know who's actually being a bad actor or not. But mm. you, you can feel it in your spirit. Like you can feel what it. What this imagery? person is doing. What imagery? But the only way that we are informed by what's happening is through comparing our hearts to the written word of God. Well, everything's got to be tested by the word of God. You've got to test the spirits. You know, there was, a, um, there was a video I came across on Instagram. Uh, it's been a while back. They said the problem with churches and Christians today is they, they, they rely too much on trying to learn the Bible and biblical knowledge. The problem I have with that video is there's not, if you don't have the biblical knowledge to back it up, how can you test the spirit on it? Mm-hmm. Because the spirit of God will never contradict the Bible. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and it won't just, con- will never contradict the Bible on just one verse. You can't build a doctrine on one verse. It's, it's multiple verses. It's how context. Build, is how you build a doctrine. So the Holy Spirit will always confirm itself by not just one verse, but multiple verses that relate to the same thing. Yeah. And it, we, <laughs> I don't go that far. Yeah, let's say it. There, there's been times that I've seen, I've been introduced to people and they're like, oh, this person's great and they're wonderful and they're going to start working and serving here. And 
and other people love them and all of a sudden I get this gut check it's like mm, something's off I'm not saying no but I'm easing into this I'm going to ease into this conversation because I, my discernment is, going, is, is telling me to, to check myself and, and, and to be very aware of my surroundings like I talk a lot there's certain people what? that I no, just no, that I have to observe and listen to because I feel like I'm, I'm getting ready to be in a spiritual conflict here because Look. I need to not so much be defensive, but just be aware of my surroundings. That's, that's one step closer to being led by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. which is what, as believers, we all should be doing. Right. Because uh, we, we've shared it before, that the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us knows all things of God and communicates directly with God the Father. Well, how many times have God. you met someone in your life that you thought, this is a, this is a upstanding chap? And then all of a sudden you you start to understand you're like oh, I use chap off I completely misread that one. Yeah, I mean you, you're right, and I think a lot of anybody times, that uses the word chap, it's a great <laughs> word. We're bringing it back. So when Jared says we should be <laughs> or telly, we or should be mobile. led by the. Whole, <laughs> what were you gonna say, something? Yeah, when, when Jared said we should be led by the Holy Spirit, that's 100 percent correct. But and that's how we use and that's how we get our discernment through the Holy Spirit. And I think in this world, another tactic that wasn't even really on there, but he tries to put us all in a hurry and yes. so sometimes a lot of times even in the church you know it's hard to find people to serve and so you're in this in this mode of i got to get some help i got to get some help here comes someone they're nice on the on the out or whatever but you didn't take that time to pray over putting someone in that position or, or whatever and that's where that thing can happen that's where the demons could be coming into the church and i'm not calling a person a demon there's demons that are working through someone possibly battling attached attached yeah and so you, you you rush them in not knowing their full background or whatnot and then all of a sudden you, you oh man i should have prayed about this you start mm-hmm. seeing some things that are red flags so i got two points of clarity one let's talk about the idea of the people people are not inherently bad right um, well okay i lied yeah okay <laughs> I, we are inherently selfish creatures and we must be transformed but the manifestation of who we are is going to be what feeds us that that idea that just because we associate demonic activity with an individual or a particular act or we get that bad feeling of the spirit is not judgment on that person because all are able to be redeemed through the blood of Christ. However, we are vessels for whatever it is we're attached to. That's that's the important part of spiritual warfare. We are vessels for whatever it is that's feeding our spirit, whether that's the selfish desires that are fueled by the lies of Satan, mm-hmm. or whether it's the spirit that's renewing us daily through the word of God. Um, the second point I want to make was completely lost when I made that. So That point was so good. <laughs> I've been talking a lot today, and I apologize, but that, I just wanted me also to clarify that um, this, this conversation we've had before, can a, a believer be possessed by the, by the devil? No, but a believer can be oppressed. And with that spirit of o- oppression, on a believer that can spill over into the church and people around you, that oppression. Mm-hmm. So that I want to clarify that not all people are demon possessed. You're right. We, we were born into sin. We have to be changed and renewed by the Holy spirit. But there's a lot of people out there that are the non-believers can be possessed. And then there's believers that are oppressed by the yeah. same spirit. We'll go back to Elijah, right? He was oppressed by a demonic force when he was in the woods and, you know, suicidal and all this after a great victory. So that was oppression. It was not possession. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, some of this list, and we're, we're, we're getting a little long on time. I'm just going to read some of them off here. Let's um, talk about the list. We never introduced it. 
Uh, so we was doing a study on, it was interesting to see how Satan attacks, because if we don't know the attacks of the enemy, um, how do we know how to combat it? Well, first and foremost, we combat it with the word, but if the word's not in our heart or we're not diving into it, uh, you can't you can't combat it. Um, so we went through a few of them. It, the Satan is lies. He's the father of lies. Uh, he blinds the minds of unbelievers. Um, he does signs and wonders. There's going to be people that are good to heaven. It's like, did I not do mighty, mighty works and in your name and just that reminds me of the point of yes it's it's important to be willing to serve but we should be willing to serve where god wants us to serve not just randomly doing as much as we can because it looks good on paper or people where you it's good to be busy sometimes it's really not good to be busy it's good to be focused on what god has called you to do so that was my second point the idea You're of welcome. being focused on production brought it back around rather than focused on what the spirit is driving us to mm-hmm. being focused on this idea that we have to present this image so that people can be attracted to it rather than following what we're supposed to be doing. The, the connections that we have as people and the worship and focusing on those things that actually make us believers rather than what things look like on the surface. I feel like our culture, we're so enamored by what things look like, feel like what the experience is like rather than the actual act. So we get focused on that, superficial piece rather than focused on the heart of the matter. Jared, you were going to say something, man. He was going to say yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, but just moving on, because, I mean, that's a good point. It's it's, it's a deception. It's, it's a deception. It's, it's, it's There's a balance, man. Like, yes, we want something to look good. Like, we want this studio to look nice because it makes us legitimate. But at the same time, if we're not getting into the heart of the matter and we're not discussing and talking about the things that are going to transform us, then it's all for naught. It doesn't matter how sexy it looks. Yep. Um, this one is interesting because I'd like to even take, we'll take this one a little bit further, is Satan tempts people to sin. Well, obviously. Mm-hmm. But he's also really good at getting you to flirt with sin. Right. Ooh. Not dive straight into it, but eh, we'll, we'll dab our toe into it a little bit. And then once you do, dude, it's, he's got you. Um, yeah, and yeah, just to, to, to elaborate on that, I mean, he tried to tempt Jesus, mm-hmm. and Jesus defeated him with the word of God. And then he goes after Judas, and Judas walked with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, that's how cunning the devil is. Judas walked with Jesus, saw all these things that Jesus was doing, and was still able to be tempted to sin. I mean, he gave Jesus up. Yeah. Right. It's well, just, and then of course Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. Yeah. They were walking with God. And they were just created out of nothing. Yeah, but see, I'll just trust the devil. W- interestingly, about that, and we've talked about it before, is that would not have happened if Adam did not give up his domain or his dominion, and he did not sidestep the authority that was given to him. He gave it up, which Satan swooped in and took over. Right. Eve was not created when the God told Adam not to eat from the fruit or eat from that tree. It was Adam who told Eve about that rule, but she didn't. So it was third person or uh, one person removed from God's authority. So Adam had that authority to tell her, which he did. So she knew about it. But when push come to shove, he's like, see what happens. This could get interesting. And we have to be watchful and we have to be mindful of that. Uh, it 100% goes back to that he was able to, to deceive a third of the angels. Yeah. Yeah. Who were literally in heaven. Who were the first created <laughs> beings in literally. heaven. Literally. Literally. Literally in heaven. Literally. 
I wonder if we could in heaven. That. <laughs> One more time. <laughs> Just literally. Literally, yes. See, but and, and you're talking about Judas, but look at look at um, say three words. Job and look at look at Peter. <laughs> Satan had to get permission to tempt them and, and to right, to right. go after them. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're not going to start giggling the whole time, no, are you? I'm no, good. Nick, Nick is mad because we weren't picking on you. It's, we were emphasizing literally in heaven. <laughs> you were literally doing that? I, literally. <laughs> I literally can't believe this is happening. What'd you say? All right. No, so Satan has to get permission. Nick's literally Go over here like, losing it with the, with the mouse. Like He's got all kind of windows opening and closing. And just Nick's like doing his job. Trying to like... Like hide behind the behind, behind the monitor. Next point, yeah. point six there. Uh, Satan. Another <laughs> tactic is he'll he'll try to take the word of God out of people's hearts uh, and chokes and chokes us and chokes our faith. Yeah. So it goes back to the parable of the soils. You know, if you don't have if you don't have good ground, if you don't have that seed planted in good ground, that you know wind could blow it out, drought, the sun could dry it up. I mean, you, we really have to have a firm foundation and a firm knowledge of the word so that our roots can grow deep and that we can withstand those attacks because that's one thing he'll do we've seen with the the, when he attacked jesus he'll he'll use the word against us but where is our faith how grounded is our faith what kind of ground did we plant our seed in and did we nurture it so we have an awareness that that's necessary but how do we ensure that the soil that we are in is good nurture nurture it how? Through the Word of God, through prayer, through through gaining knowledge. But of the word of like God. practically, how if I'm a new believer, and I love the idea that God is, how do I make sure that the soil that my seed has been set in is good? What do I need to do? What are the practical recommendations? I think you need to start developing good habits, and I, I see what you're trying to get at. But I think it's as easy and as literal as so we have a Creator. And and a Lord who says, "Hey Lord, I'm gonna I'm gonna start reading my Bible, and I need you to help me understand it." And He will help. He will come down. He will meet you and help you unlock the love and the meanings in His Word. It's I think it's as simple as so when I got started, when I got saved, the first thing I did was I'm like, I'm gonna read the Bible from beginning to end, and I start at Genesis, and by chapter five, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a battle. <laughs> then I skipped. I'm like, well, let's go. If I Jesus saved me, I'm just going to go straight to where his story is. And I started and I read everything in the, all the words in red. And then I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John again. And I wanted to get as much Jesus knowledge that I could because if this word was in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. I have in my hands conversations that Jesus actually had for us. We can read his actual words, and that's my foundation, right? So when uh, the revelation that Peter was, um, upon this rock I'll build my church, upon that heavenly revelation is where we get in it, and how do you nurture that soil is you have to dive into the word, because God speaks to us typically in three ways. There, I've, I've had an audible voice once. I, I can't say that I've had, had very many more than that. I've had it from... I get from other believers who have experienced uh, walking with the Lord, but the main way I hear from the Lord is through his word. And that's, that's how you nurture that soil. And then you let you ask, hey, 
I need more understanding or I want to I want to fully understand what you're trying to tell me. And then his Holy Spirit will actually water that for you as you spend time in, in the word. That's the point I was getting at. Like, that's the tangible thing that we need to do. I was in church the first week I was born and I was in church every Sunday and Wednesday until I was 18. And the spirit did not actually start moving on me until I cracked open that book. And I did exactly what you said. I started from the beginning, same experience, but really in meat and potatoes, New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, get that gospel and find out the Jesus narrative. And then that's whenever 18 years of life. And then finally, when I read the Bible myself, that's when I, the, the soil started getting tilled and I started to understand the nature of the God that I was serving. And then when I went back and read Genesis again, I started to see how everything pointed to Christ, mm-hmm. everything. But starting in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, getting that foundation, who is Jesus, what did Jesus come to say, and then allowing it to continue to renew us. I mean, shoot, man, I'm 38 years old, and I still have to get in the Word to refresh myself because my human nature is so selfish that I want to deny what I'm supposed to do. And I have to be reminded that I was created in the image of God. It's no longer I who live, it's Christ who lives through me. The life I now live in flesh, I live by faith through the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Yep. Like, that's that's what I'm trying to constantly refresh myself to be created through the image <laughs> of God. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Keep going there. Uh, On the spot, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Literally. So another... <laughs> Another tactic is to try to deceive. Satan tries to deceive Say people in believing that um, Satan is not the, the father of disease or the creator or the cause of disease yeah. and sickness. You know, there's a lot of people out there that misquote uh, a verse that says, well, God wouldn't put any more on me than I can handle. There's more to that. There's way more to that. It's actually talking about temptation, first of all. The scripture says God will not allow us to be tempted any more than we can handle then we can withstand without giving us a way out. That's that scripture. But not all disease comes from the devil necessarily, but oh, it can, it can, but sickness and disease, uh, you know, that's not, God wants us to live healthy and abundant lives and have more life abundantly. Mm-hmm. Well, sickness came through the fall of man. Okay, right. Not, so evil into the world, not from a creation of God. Right. And then, and so Paul, 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 12, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry the life of Jesus, <coughs> Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to the death for Jesus sake, so that his life may, may also be revealed in our mortal body. So that his life. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. That contradicts the idea that we're not going to be given anything we can't handle. We're going to be given things that we can't handle. And that causes us to have a dependence on God to carry us through those things. Because he's molding us for well, a stronger challenge. Well, it's, it's, you look at um, how, how do you make a knife sharp? Sharpen it. Sharpen it how? <laughs> you got to take the edge down. You... It's that wasn't creepy you, at you, all. You you take the you take the metal blade right. and put it up against metal, uh-huh. and it's the friction that mm-hmm. makes it sharp. And uh, you look at a a good swordsman or a good good blacksmith. The best blacksmiths that that you would find 
have burns all over them. Mm-hmm. And how we get better is through the trials and tribulations. And it says it in James that um, count count yourself blessed when you go through a trial or tribulation because it is the from coming through going through that strengthens you and strengthens your faith. Let's use well, the image of well. That's the point. That that's the, one of the tactics. It's going to question our faith, and, mm-hmm. and Satan causes that to happen, so that our faith is questioned. And then, so a lot of people say, "Well, that's you know maybe it's because of my sin in my life." I I don't I don't believe that. I, I don't believe that it's sin in the world. It's not sin in your life that you get mm-hmm. sickness and disease. And you know, uh, there's scripture uh, from uh, Luke three thirteen sixteen. Jesus healed a woman who's been over and couldn't straighten herself for 18 years. And he says, ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan, Satan bound for 18 years. So that disease came from Satan. And then in Acts 10, 38, Peter described Jesus as one who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. So sickness and disease is from the devil, but not all sickness and disease is given to us by the devil. It's it's the evil that we let in this world. Does that make sense? Yes. I mean, well, we live in a fallen world, man. Whenever we defied the dictates of God and and, and the Adam and Eve story, everything started falling apart. Mm-hmm. The whole world started falling apart and descending into chaos. It's just the process of things, man. Things are going to continue to break down until Jesus comes back and the earth is renewed. Right. And the reason I say that sin is not the cause of a disease is because you look at the story of that little boy that was born blind mm-hmm. and then someone I, I forget the whole context of it but they asked what what who sinned in this boy's life was it the father or the mother and you know their answer well, no not necessarily but you know god can use those situations to show his glory to show the good works that this blind boy would do eventually well the scripture um evidence that that sin does isn't what brings sickness on i mean it can but not always is just the story of Job. Yeah. So. Yeah. This is an interesting list to go through. Yeah. It's so the list is John Piper, Desiring God, yeah. his blog. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic stuff. John Piper's an amazing writer and theologian and writes in a very digestible kind of way. Yeah. So if you guys are looking for a resource, look that up, DesiringGod.com. We'll throw out the link on the... On the YouTube. On the YouTube's... <laughs> On the interwebs. Um, moving on, Satan's a murderer. As uh, Pastor puts it a, a great way, as long as your feet are, on, are you're above the earth, there's a chance because of All grace. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he can get you to the point through whatever addiction or whatever <laughs> battle you're going through, and it, it kills you. I mean, when, once, once we leave the world, that's it. There is no more chances. But as long as we're here, the love of Christ is so great. He wants you to return to him. And he'll meet you there. He'll help you return to him. We just have to to, to be mindful of that. Um, and Satan fights against the plans of missionaries, right? Whatever God, whatever plan God puts in place, Satan's already got a plan to counterfeit it. But we know who our, that our Lord is greater. We've talked about that too, man. We're at war, spiritual warfare. Yep. By us doing this podcast, we are under attack, yeah. period. And that's that's just the way it is. Whatever that attack looks like, going to hit us where we're the most weakest, most vulnerable. That's what the enemy does in yep. real life. Yep, and we've we've kind of talked about this the whole time that Satan accuses Christians before God. Look at Job, look at Peter. I I will not dive into the Peter 
thing again just yet, but the, the story is incredible. Satan has to get permission from the Lord. But with Christ has already paid for the paid the price for our sin. He's drink drink the cup of wrath, and He will help you return. And when we typically return, um, there's a purpose to serve. And then when we focus on that purpose that God has for us, I haven't. Um, <laughs> I'm talking about. Um, but again, it's staying in that relationship with the Lord and being mindful of of what we take in, mm-hmm. right? If we're not stay, staying in the word and uh, what is it? Junk comes in, junk comes out. Yeah, garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. And you and you definitely want to stay firm in your faith because like Job, you know, God accused, or I mean, Satan accused in front of God saying they don't really believe in you. They just love your benefits. Yeah. They don't really love you. They love your benefits. And we've got to be mindful of that because we do have benefits through our relationship with Christ. We're heirs to the kingdom. But that doesn't mean, you know, a lot of people want to say, well, I'm a Christian. I don't have these things that other Christians have. And that's that's Satan trying to, to mm-hmm. bully you down to say that your faith isn't strong enough or there's not really any point in having this faith. It's that isolation it's, again. It's isolation. It's, it's the accusation that's a condemnation from the enemy. But what? But God. But God. So it kind of just ties it all into the end here. It's what what is our how do we overcome the tactics well by the blood of the lamb and the word of word our testimony. testimony we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony and we know the truth is the great hope and expectation of all true believers in Jesus the death and the resurrection of Christ and the promise of his second coming are the foundation of our hope that's the foundation of our hope because we know that he bore our our sin sin of the world bore sickness and disease on that cross for us he who knew no sin became sin yep for us died on the cross but three days later he rose again nice as the right hand of the father and he promised that he's coming back that's our hope and so romans twelve twelve says for us to rejoice in hope be patient in affliction be persistent in prayer some people will say, well, what is hope? You don't, I, don't, I don't see these things. Romans 8, 24, 25 says, Now in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is not hope, because who hopes for what he sees? Now if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with patience. So that's, that's, a, that's a key argument to people when they say, well, what's, what's hope and what's faith? You don't see these things happen. Why would I hope for a million dollars if I... If it was right in front of me, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I'm just using that as a physical sure. thing that came to mind. Go ahead, Andy. Our emotions are going to lie to us. Our emotions contradict what our faith and what our hopes say. And in order to contradict those things, we have to stand firm and meditate on the word. This is where Psalms comes in again. Mm-hmm. By meditating on who God is and what God has done and what Jesus has done and knowing those promises, that's how we hold fast to hope, despite whatever we're facing. It doesn't matter the worst circumstances. We must speak life into these circumstances by using the word of God. And I, I'm not perfect at it. Shoot, man, in the dark places, all I did was complain and whine like a little baby. Uh, like legit, man. I Very cried true. for weeks. and it, it was ridiculous how much I cried. But I held fast to that word. No matter what was coming out of my mouth, I was refreshing and renewing myself with those promises and the realities of who God was because it had to contradict the feelings that I had. 
Our generation is so tied to our emotions. Our emotional disposition allows us to just react to the world around us. And it defines what the world is, what the truth is. And it's a lie. And we must go back to the truth, the only thing that we know to be truth that has not changed since the beginning of time. And that's how we're going to get through this. But we have to defy that emotional, that anxiety. I mean, it wells up inside of you. We literally have physical sensations whenever the anxiety overcomes us. And we have to use the word to get through that Mm -hmm. and to meditate on his truth, not what this narrative in our mind is telling us. You never make it if you get stuck in the emotional pit. Or feels deceive us. Dude, absolutely. Yeah. Um, there was this interesting way to look. So we talking about hope. Um, Miriam Webster designs it as something, as an anticipation to want something to happen to be true. But if we go down and look at the Greek version where it's wrote in Romans in the New Testament, it is an expectation, trust, and confidence. So where's our confidence? Where's our trust? Is it is it in the ways of the world or is it in the Lord? Right. So if my expectation for something that maybe I'm I'm going to do on my own um, is a lot less likely to come to pass. But if my expectation is in God, the father, that's a done deal. Uh, but it, it's 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 where our eyes are focused, where where's our heart uh, focused to be. And and I, I choose Jesus every time. Now, always I like the reference, you know, when we're talking about hope, you know, hope can be squashed a lot of times when you see things happening all around you mm-hmm. but you look at the case of james and peter when james was being beheaded peter was being delivered from prison by the angels yep you know so if we if we look at oh man james just got killed which is terrible but he was martyred for the lord we know where he's at but god was moving in peter's life so that's not to say we say oh someone else is going through this i'm gonna be better i'm just saying that there's hope no matter what's going on because evil is real no matter what we believe, God is real. No matter what people believe, we just have to have hope. And even with the circumstances around us, we have that hope of what we don't see to get us forward. Because eventually we know our victory is in Jesus in life or even in death, rapture mm-hmm. or pre rapture death. We know our hope is in, is in, is in the Lord. Battle's already won. Yeah. As Christians, we are part of a larger narrative, a bigger story, something that is bigger than ourselves. Book recommendation, John Eldridge, it's called Epic, and it talks about that. Who we are as Christians, who we are through Christ, and how we're part of a story that's bigger than us. Our own circumstances do not dictate the outcome at the end. We play one small piece in a story that was written before creation. And before we, we'll wrap up here and we'll let Nick say more than three words. My book rec- recommendation, the Bible. Good for you. <laughs> I just want I just felt my spirit to, to kind of just close with uh, an invitation prayer for people. Sure. Um, you know, especially with the comments we're getting. Thank you for comments, positive, negative. Let's keep it's the conversation. Yeah. yeah, keep the conversation. Keep it clean, you know, keep it cordial. Yep. But I also will say I'd like you to test yourself with this. Test you know, ask the Lord that if you're real, real, stay, you know, show me, let me read your word and show me that you're real and show me the truth. And so I'll just pray a prayer from Ephesians that I always pray for my yep. Sunday school class, short prayer. And we'll, then we'll let Nick walk us out. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity that we can come and, and discuss your word, your truth. And 
Father God, as there's people listening that, one, believe, and two, possibly don't believe, we pray, Lord, that your word resonates in their heart right now, Father God, that your word jumps out at them and says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. And Father, I pray that you open the eyes of understanding, give each and every one of us in this room and everyone listening to this podcast, uh, open up their eyes of understanding, give them Holy Spirit, revelation, knowledge, and your truth. And we just thank you for it, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, it's been a great podcast. We thank all of our viewers and listeners for joining in with us again here at Mountaineer Kingdom Do Talk. Um, we want to thank this episode's sponsors. Uh, they made this awesome sign that we have here, Truby Run Woodworks. Um, it was just put a link in the description. <laughs> link in the description down below. I don't know how to spell it. Truby Run. Truby Run Woodworks. Thank you. <laughs> they have some great uh, products that they put out uh, down near Buchanan, West Virginia. Um, so be sure to check them out. Uh, also, be sure to like, subscribe, and ready, share. Ready, ready, Andy? Pocket sand, ready? Share. <laughs> we, did, we didn't have that last time, so it was very sad. One of you guys has to pick up the ball when I'm not here because I'm always <laughs> absent. No, That's I will yours. never do that. <laughs> Pocket it's sand. a new year, new Andy. He is not going to be always absent, absent, but we'll still call you that. Ah, I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> To learn more about Mountaineer Kingdom Dew Talk, make sure to visit our website at mkdewtalk.com. <laughs> oh, my Andy is definitely back. Uh, and to reach us, each and every one of us, we all have access to that as of this morning. Uh, that's our email at mkdewtalk okay. at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, you, yours got done for you oh. <laughs> <laughs> while you were uh, in the restroom facilities. <laughs> Close out. So if you need uh, prayer requests, uh, lice concerns, comments, make sure you hit us up on that uh, email address, or you can always hit all of our social media platforms. Be sure and check out uh, all of our new uh, podcasts that are coming out every week, and make sure you're checking out all of our shisha shorts. <laughs> shisha shorts. There you go. <laughs> They're just like our shishayers. So for the yes man, Jared, for the always absent Andy, the coach Ryan and our host Josh and I believe I think we're going with O2D2 Nick. Uh, this has been <laughs> Mountaineer Kingdom Dude Talk, real men, manly talk. <laughs>